Good day and welcome to Turning Your Cruising Dreams into Reality podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pantenius Yacht Insurance. Hi, Jackie Parry here. I'm going to share with you our journey around the Great Loop in America. At the time, we were at a crossroads in our circumnavigation, both with direction and dollars. But we took the plunge. It was an opportunity we just couldn't miss. Mariah too branches out. Watching the skyscrapers shrink as we drop our mooring in New York, we focus on the next part of our adventure in America, and we look back with wonder. After a month in Puerto Rico, recouping the coffers, and with the hurricane season looming, decisions were upon us. Do we head south to Venezuela and pirates, or north to New York and muggers? Our hearts held hope of exploring inland. But it's a miracle we are here at all. Pessimistic sailing friends thought the intracoastal waterways of America a boring option. The Intracoastal Waterways, or ICW, facilitates navigation along the eastern seaboard of the United States. It's made up of natural river channels, estuaries, bays protected by barrier islands and man-made canals. Not many people know about the ICW. I think Americans are trying to keep it a secret to avoid attracting too many frightful foreigners. With butterflies bouncing around in our stomachs, In tune with the ocean waves, we catch the Gulf Stream and scoot up the east coast to West Palm Beach, Florida. As land rapidly approaches, we proudly haul the Stars and Stripes flag, our tired smiles hiding our doubts. Was the thousand-mile trip worth it? Have we done the right thing, bringing a sailboat to waters saturated by motorboats? We soon learned... Things change rapidly, from the mayhem of a busy inlet brimming with weekend anglers breaking free from domestic city, to a peaceful and well-sheltered anchorage. Carting a keel through shallow waters is not ideal, as shoaling is common. However, wind-assisted propulsion and a steady speed leaves most boats in our wake as far as diesel consumption is concerned. But running aground is a problem. We become proficient at hauling aloft all sail and hanging off the side to lift Mariah's keel when we ran aground. Our most frightening grounding occurred near a starboard marker on a bank of mud, with the racing current stealing more depth by the minute. The Frodo's came to our rescue. We passed them a halyard from our mast and they almost pulled us horizontal to free us from the sucking mud. And believe it or not, we were in the channel at the time. The waterway winds itself around the towns of Georgia. Tacking becomes constant and our engine is called upon. Each night we point Mariah into a side channel that snakes away from the main waterway and we feel like the first to explore these untouched estuaries that are teeming with life. Unfortunately, that life includes tenacious flies with insatiable hunger. Mercifully, at dusk they fade away, 
and we are left to enjoy the wondrous wildlife. Dolphins spurt by, grinning at us. Manatees rise, blink and are silently gone. Alongside uninhabited islands, alligators ruffle the silky surface and snatch at unwary birds. Never have we witnessed such bountiful life. In the beginning, finding an anchor spot is easy. Throughout the murky waters of Georgia, we begin to have great difficulties in deciding and agreeing on where to anchor. We have comprehensive charts, but off-channel, the depths are quite dubious. We have travelled far without a pilot book, but now, after two arguments over where to anchor, we decide it is prudent to purchase a good pilot book, and this saves a fortune in post-argument drinks. Puttering along the litter-free waterways to the Carolinas, we are enjoying sharing our thrilling adventures with our Dutch friends, Natasha and Dennis, on the sailing vessel Frodo. Dennis is an angler, and nightly he finds a small fishing harbour for anchoring. And this is not such a bad idea. The locals love us to sample their fresh shrimp and supply us with ice and water. Generous lifts to the supermarket and chandlery are simply America's way. Coupled with their fine southern drawl, this place captures our imagination and we expect to see Deputy Dog swagger around the corner at any moment. Den and Tash, fondly known as the Mighty Frodo's, keep strictly to a budget and keep us in line too. Visiting protected islands via the back door where wild horses roam amongst the armadillos is their speciality. With no jetty to tie to, we haul the dinghy through the ankle-deep mud, so thick you could sun-dry it for ballast. A freshwater hand pump, thoughtfully installed amongst the gracious trees, gives us all utter relief after our five-hour hike through dense vegetation. With like-minded sailors, friendships are fast and firm. For we are travellers and there is no time to gradually develop relationships. Washing naked on an island, picking ticks off our soggy flesh and sharing soap is considered normal. With different wants and needs and a life of goodbyes, it dictates that we sadly say farewell to the Frodo's. On board, Mariah, we start to munch through the miles. As we do, it's a feast for our eyes. The houses challenge each other along the banks between the rolling hills. Resplendent trees hide the frolicking deer. And I relish the vivid arrangements of colours that I thought were unique to England. The constant flow of welcoming people is tidal in every port and they reveal to us a new adventure. We could turn west at New York and go through Canada's Great Lakes to Chicago, pick up the famous Mississippi and adjacent rivers and reach the Gulf of Mexico. This route is called the Great Loop. The ICW is just one small part of this incredible journey. It is a continuous waterway circumnavigating the eastern portion of North America, covering over 6,000 miles, over 100 locks and many low bridges. 
So another stage of decision-making is upon us. People think we live a carefree life of going where the wind takes us. Alas, life issues such as money, seasons and visas are perpetually knocking around our heads demanding attention. Despite most people saying to us, it's far too late, we decide to do it. The Great Lakes freeze in winter. We need to traverse them by September. Knee-deep in books, we research the routes and mast-stepping requirements. For us, the new adventure beckoned. For our friends, it just confirmed their doubts of our sanity. The famous Chesapeake gifted us a full moon and clear skies, and we keep sailing on to Washington, D.C. To reach the capital, we turn west into the Potomac River. The city is 400 miles out of our way, but it's an opportunity we just cannot miss. The wide expanse is all ours. Unexpectedly, it is lined with emerald greens of woodlands, with just a splash of imposing dwellings. Entering Washington D.C. by boat is chock full of adrenaline rushes. We daren't breathe as we skim under a 46-foot bridge, as we both muttered, Hey, can you remember, is the height of the mast 48 foot or 45? The fun continued with a constant landing aircraft just 100 metres off our bow. Then there's the thrill of anchoring right in the heart of the city. Walking distance to the Smithsonian Museums and magnificent monuments. We coincide our stay for the 4th of July celebrations with ear-splitting dramatic fireworks that we watch from our prime seats in our cockpit on the river. Too soon we have to move on. We decide to ignore the advice of our nagging neighbour, stating that we should not bother to visit New York. So with the autumn of July approaching, it's time to move. The three-day sail to New York is balm for our sightseeing, weary souls. The black nights heighten other senses as the breeze picks up the sweet perfume of flora, carrying it blindly along. The deep, throaty calls of the dawn chorus hidden by the fresh, heavy mist makes us feel alive in a new world. The bonus of calm seas as we traverse the only outside Stretch makes the trip a memorable gift. Not quite believing we are actually here, we enter the mayhem of the wildest city in the world. The Statue of Liberty welcomes us while we weave, dodge and dive around every conceivable boat out to play. The East River runs along Manhattan Island, enabling us to view the Empire State Building, the Canyon Streets, and the Brooklyn Bridge while on board. We find a mooring upstream in the Hudson River for 30 US dollars a night. Now that's not bad for living in the heart of New York. Times Square is a long walk or short tube ride away where we rubberneck around the streets and stare at the shows as they are projected onto the sides of buildings. Our heads spin as the images seem to fly at us from every angle. Treating ourselves to a theatre show, the Empire State Building, 
and the strangely peaceful sight of Ground Zero. These are the most remarkable days of our trip. But the show must go on. And at dusk, before leaving, we sit on board, watching eagles swoop by, clutching writhing fish in their talons. We feel like we have discovered America's hidden secret, viewing the city lights flickering along the unmistakable coast. We discuss the Phantom of the Opera, which blew our minds. It turns our conversation to the next part of the magic, of this theatre show that is our lives. A trip up the Hudson, the DIY mass-stepping, the Great Lakes, Autumn Golds and adventures via boat inland. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the first part of this story. You can continue the journey with us with the next two episodes. If you'd like to read the story, go on over to sistershiptraining.com and click on articles. I'll post some pictures there too. Do join us again and check out sistershiptraining.com for videos and more podcasts coming soon. I wish you safe sailing.